Welcome to episode 71 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and you found the show where I talk to the creators of both certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. On today's show, I talk to Joni Leeds, who's got a brand new record called Brooklyn Baby coming out at the end of this week. We'll also play her song from that record, Shayna Punham, all the way through at the end. For anything and everything that you need to know about the Good Stuff Kids podcast, go to www.goodstuffpod.com www.goodstuffpod.com We're talking like 80 plus episodes of good stuff for kids and families, talking to creators, talking from people in the sports industry, we're talking to musicians, we're talking to people who make clothing, all kinds of different people, and it's all there. I'm sure if you went there, you would find some good, good stuff. We're going to jump right into our four plus one segment. That's the top four songs in my car plus one I try to get my kids to listen to. And this week's countdown is inspired by Joni Leeds. It's about cities. This one's all about cities because Joni's new record's inspired by the city that she lives in. Did I have a winner this week? We'll have to listen to find out. Enjoy four plus one, then my talk with Joni Leeds. And at the very, very end, Joni's brand new song, Shayna Punham, all the way through. Thanks for listening. Talk to you at the end. Coming in at number four this week is Cities by the Talking Heads. Number three is Only Living Boy in New York by Simon and Garfunkel. Two is one of the best of all time, Free Fallen by Tom Petty. And it's a long day, living in Reseda. There's a freeway running through the yard. And I'm a bad boy, cause I don't even miss her. I'm a bad boy for breaking her heart. Number one is the song Chicago by Suf John Stevens. If you've never heard this before, you need to hear it right now. Our plus one this week that I thought had all the ingredients to make it a winner with some loud guitars and big drums was not a winner. But it is No Sleep Till Brooklyn by your favorite band, the Beastie Boys. No Sleep Till! 
If you liked anything that you heard on this week's countdown, you can find all of it on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify. Listen to this music, support these artists. There are some total classics on this week's countdown. Totally fun and awesome to welcome Joni Leeds to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you, Joni? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, we've already been interrupted by my uh, three-year-old daughter a couple times, and hopefully uh, those, those things are done. But, uh, you know, so this comes from a real place. <laughs> like, I'm really trying to do this yeah. because I have, I have skin in the game, as they say. I'm invested. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am living in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm originally from Miami, Florida, and um, I went to Syracuse University for school, and I studied musical theater there, and I started writing music um, when I was at Syracuse, and then I decided to kind of switch gears after moving to the to the city shortly after I, I kind of thought maybe it would be way more fun to write my own music and perform on my own rather than waiting for a director to cast me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I also have kind of two left beats, so it didn't work out as a dancing, singing career. Um, so yeah, I've just been working in the city writing music since I graduated quite a while ago and still doing that, but I, I write exclusively for kids now. Uh-huh. Interesting. And, uh, but you did some big stuff. So, you know, I can't let the Syracuse University thing slide as a fellow, like, New Yorker from, uh, from the beginning. I know things about Dinosaur Barbecue. We don't have to get into it now. Um, but you, uh, you, you spent some time in New York, like, doing the real New York musician thing, right? Like, playing at all the places, like uh, CBGB's and Arlene's Grocery and Bitter End, etc. Like, I can only imagine how different that is from, you know, a, a concert for kids and families. So I guess, like, you know, before we dive into, like, your, your music, like, just the experience and the difference, like, can you just name a couple things that are so different? Well, um, <laughs> I guess being a, a children's musician, your hours are just completely different, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, I, I was also a bartender at the time at the Bitter End, one of the places that I bartended. I used to also bartend at the Beacon Theater. So oh. I got to see a lot of live music yeah. and meet a lot of wonderful musicians and people coming through and music lovers. And when you're performing for these people, obviously just for adults, you know, people are skeptical. You're you're a 21, 22-year-old girl just coming out of college. I mean, I think in retrospect, I look back thinking I knew everything that was happening. <laughs> and I mean, you're just so young when you're 20s, <laughs> you know. Um, so it was, it was a lot of life learning. And people would sit in the back with their little rum and cokes. And, it, you know, people would pay attention. And if they liked you, maybe they'll sign your mailing list. But it's it's really hard, and I think um, being a female singer-songwriter kind of in the chick rock category, there's a lot of competition, uh-huh. and it was fun, don't get me wrong, and I loved playing out and, and doing that whole thing and, and touring from time to time, but I think when it came down to it, I just kind of got burnt out, and I wanted a change, so I was doing so many different day jobs at the time, and that's kind of when I fell into working at Jimboree playing music. And oh, okay. so that's kind of where the, the gears switched over to kids. And and I wasn't allowed to write my own music there. It's um, 
very corporate. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you have to sure. sing about this clown named Jimbo, which is, you know, <laughs> frightening and fun all at the same time. Um, if you've been to one of those classes, yeah, you know what I'm talking I, about. I, I'm down with Jimbo. I am down with Jimbo. Jimbo, the clown, goes up and down. We all know this. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. And it was a really great introduction into working with kids. Because I had never really... I'd never really babysat, maybe once or twice. I'd oh, wow. never really worked with young children. I had no nieces and nephews. It, it wasn't like I was around a lot of kids very often. So uh-huh. by being with them all the time and, and seeing them every day and getting to know families, it just, it, it was like a click, you know, right. it, it, it all just fell into place for me. So yeah. then I started getting inspired and writing music just for them. And that was way more fun because the reaction of the kids in comparison to the reaction from the grownups was just, I mean, it's night and day. Right. Right. That's the rock star dream right there. Right. Like kids, kids will treat you as if you, as you imagine, like rock stars get treated. Right. Um, Yeah, absolutely. But it's not even about that. I mean, sure. That's a great thing to have. Like these kids uh treat you like a rock star, but it's more about them really enjoying the music and the and the words and the subjects that you write about that's mm-hmm. what's really amazing right and you, and you as the performer can sort of let go of the well what's the audience thinking piece and really focus on being in the moment i imagine right absolutely yeah cool yeah. um so <clears throat> you were doing the jimbery stuff and then you sort of struck out on your own um what were some of the first is is that right or was there a step between yeah well so through Jimboree, I was doing birthday parties and a lot of people were like, you know, you should really do this on your own. You know, you don't, you don't need Jimboree. And I was like, should I? And then and it had like this moment, like, should I, can I do that? And so I, I did, I started my own birthday party business. And so I was doing oh, wow. that. And then I started writing more music and more music for kids and recording. And then that's kind of how it happened. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this, what's harder, like being yeah. on stage at CBGB or going into a birthday party where you don't know anyone and and having a group of like three and four year olds. (laughs) Definitely the CBGBs thing. I mean, Uh rest in peace, CBGBs. (laughs) It's no longer here, but, um, but, but, you know, like living room or, Bitter End or Rockwood, one of those, you know, it's yeah. like when I, when I do a, a grown up gig, I, I rarely do them, but every once in a while I'll do one and I get so nervous. Like uh-huh. I can't even, my palms are sweating and oh, like geez. my breathing is just oh, no. <laughs> like panting. <laughs> but, um, with kids, I just kind of walk into a room and it just feels very natural. So uh-huh. I think that's just the perfect setting for me. Uh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So you have a, you have a band that you work with. And the band's name, yes. The Nightlights. Tell me a little bit about The Nightlights. So Joni leads in The Nightlights. We all came together, I believe, in uh, 2009 and started playing together in 2000. And I think it was the end of 2009, 2010. Um, so it's been a while. And we've had some original band members, one of which is my husband. He plays oh, drums. Cool. And he was the one who helped put the band together. His name's Dan Barman. He's an excellent drummer. And we actually met through a camp friend. <laughs> Whoa. And, <laughs> yeah. Hold on. And so this girl is, 
Yeah, it was a funny it was a funny thing. I was at a summer camp reunion for uh-huh. the camp that I used to be a counselor at called Camp Coleman. And in, in, uh, in this, Georgia, shout out. In short, uh-huh. yeah. We know, know things, Joni. You and I know things. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot in common. <laughs> right. So I was at this camp reunion and I met this girl and she said uh, I was on a summer tour, like doing kids' music and uh-huh. recording an album in Nashville, and she said, Oh, you know, you got to meet this guy named Dan. He knows everybody. He lives in Brooklyn. And I was like, Brooklyn, because I lived in Manhattan at the time. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, Brooklyn, okay. So mental note, um, guy in Brooklyn knows everybody. <laughs> and he and I met for coffee. And, you know, the rest was history. We didn't get together romantically. It was uh-huh. more of a business thing for a very long time. We were, uh-huh. uh, for many, many months, just bandmates and dating other people. And then, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Um, but that's how the band came together. And Scott Stein is our fantastic keyboard player. And he's been with the band since the very beginning too. Uh So the two founding members or three of us, I guess. And then, um, our guitar player and bass player recently moved to Nashville. So we've replaced them with two amazing guitar and bass players. Um, Ian Baghetti is our new bass player and Jeff Littman is our new electric guitar player. So there's five of us. But wow. sometimes we play as a trio or a duo or sometimes four, sometimes five. It really uh-huh. just depends on what the show calls for. Right. Cool. Um, very cool. So you've put out, by my count, is it with the new album that's coming out in just a few weeks, is it eight albums of kids' music? Yeah. Eight. Wow. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, and, so you, and this new one, right? So we'll, we'll talk about some of the older stuff, but like this new one is based on a, a, a big life transition kind of thing, right? That maybe doesn't yes. sound too big, but was big enough that it inspired you to create a whole record around the concept, which was moving from Manhattan to Brooklyn. Yes. So what are some of the things that, that you saw or experienced in Brooklyn that inspired you to write a whole record? Well, so I've been living here for about six years now, and uh-huh. I've I've seen some things. <laughs> um, well, it's very different. I mean, I lived on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. It's like uh, the people that live there. Um, it's very, very clean cut. The streets are clean. Everybody walks around. It's lots of kids, lots of dogs. It's very neighborhoody feel. So when I moved to Brooklyn, um, I think I wasn't mentally ready. All I knew what I was getting into. Um, but my neighborhood Williamsburg, which is the, like the hipster hotbed, Uh um, it, it was just like very dirty and there was trash blowing around on the street and there was a lot of like abandoned warehouses. And I guess I didn't really notice at the time how much construction was happening because everything was under scaffolding. So you would walk under this scary scaffolding and, you know, it was just such a shock to my system, um, having come from the upper West and, I also noticed there were barely any children around, like no families. It would take me like a week or two just to like run into a kid. Uh But then slowly, slowly over, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six years, it's become just like the Upper West Side. I mean, it's, it really, it's just gentrification. And, you know, I know there's a lot of good and a lot of bad that comes with that. Uh Um, And it's, it's been a really interesting thing to witness. But I think our neighborhood is one of the fastest gentrifying areas in probably the whole country Uh um maybe oakland in comparison okay fair enough so so it's it's been a really interesting thing and and it's like now i feel like i kind of like the neighborhood the way it was before oh interesting okay Uh uh-huh so i've i've switched gears but um 
there's a lot of people wearing crazy clothes and <laughs> a lot of shops that are selling things that like, why do you need this stuff? Um, and then they're really interesting people, a lot of artists and writers that are coming up. When I first moved here, I feel like it was a lot of artists and writers that were just getting their start. And now, you know, the bankers have moved in and the lawyers have moved in. And it's like, it's a totally different feel to the neighborhood. Um, but the sights and the scenery around me is what really inspired me to write Brooklyn Baby because uh-huh. it's just um, it's a really cool place to live because it's just there's everybody here and you walk outside and it's like the people that have been going to the church across the street since like you know the 50s are hanging outside at the barber shop and people are sitting on their stoop and they're talking about you know the cars that are parking in front and like giving them a hard time and everybody <laughs> speaks their mind. And it's just, there's all of these flavors and, and cultures. And I, I love that. And having uh-huh. grown up in Miami, I, I experienced it's an international city, but Brooklyn is like a whole new level. It's uh-huh. a whole nother level. It's That's amazing. Cool. Um, so you have song, songs inspired by it. So for example, I know of, um, there's a pizza song. Uh, yeah, a song about uh, uh, the fairy, I think, right? That, yeah. that goes around, and and uh, it, it's cool to it's cool to hear that you have this this appreciation for where you're living, even though it's changing, and you're still got you know you still hold on to what's important. And to me, what's important is pizza. So um, <laughs> so before so well, let's take a step back, and you've put out some some records and and some. Uh, like a themed record, right? Like a, a, all about animals, and um, yeah. you do you do an interesting cover on that one. And I just want to get your read. <laughs> I was do do you know where I'm going with this? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm cool with it. You're cool with it. Okay, so you covered a song by the band Fish. Yeah, and it's called Possum. And I, you know, we, Joni, you and I again, our lives are are crossing over in weird ways. But like, I've seen <laughs> Possum performed live in concert. What? And fish isn't generally a um, well. I guess in a lot of ways they could be perceived as a as a kids and family band. Some of their shorter songs, but what what is yeah. it about uh, that? Like, how did you get to covering the song Possum? I just gotta know. Uh, well, <laughs> it it was actually um, I I wanted to cover a song, and I was thinking either Contact, which is a, right. a, a totally kid friendly song. Uh-huh. Um, or I don't know, there's there's a couple that could have worked, but right. I really love that song Possum. I love the build, and since our band, they're such great singers, I just thought that that harmony would be really great. Yeah. Um, I I mean I've been a Fish fan since I was in ninth grade, and I've seen my fair share of shows. Um, <laughs> I just contacted um, the manager, and we had a really nice conversation. And he said it was cool. Wow, <laughs> so I, great. So I did. And then I sent the band a copy of the album. I'm not sure if they ever listened to it. Sadly, I don't have that type of relationship uh-huh. with Trey and Mike <laughs> Fishman, Paige. But, you know. Yeah, that's amazing. Maybe one day. One well, day. Yeah, but it's really cool that you reached out to them and said, can I do this? And they were like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Really, yeah. like, sounds kind of nice. Um, they were really sweet. Yeah. yeah. But that's not the only. So the other song that um, the other cover that you do, and I think it's on one of your earlier records, is "This Pretty Planet" by mm. Tom Chapin, which yes. is uh, which is a like just a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, and I was just wondering about your relationship with that particular piece. Well, I learned that growing up in Miami. Um, my 
my music teacher when I was little, her name is Susan Shane Linder, and she's still huge on the scene. She, I think she lives in Boca Raton. And um, yeah, she taught me that song. And I just loved the three-part harmony on it. It was also a song that we used to sing a lot at, at summer camp and at Saturday school. And it was like a, a really fun song about the planet. And it's so relevant now. I'm very environmentally conscious and constantly like just <laughs> banging my head against the wall about what's going on right now. But um, very relevant song um, about this planet. And I got to meet Tom Chapin, which oh, no, was very cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we our paths cross every once in a while. And and I told him, I was like, I covered one of your songs. But he I had to get in touch with him to, to do it, you know, yeah. to get the permission. Right. So we spoke... But that was back in like 2007. And uh -huh. then I ran into him a couple years ago. I'm like, I'm that girl that called you about using the song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he's, he, yeah. he's great. He's very cool. Yeah, he's very cool. I talked, I talked to him. Um, one of the first people actually that I contacted that was uh, into the idea of coming on the show. And he was just so generous with his time. So I was just so happy to see that uh, you have a relationship with him and his music as well. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So... You you just played a pretty big gig, I think. Is that right? Like just this past couple days? I was in Beverly, Massachusetts just this past couple days ago. I was playing um, at the Cabot Theater. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a fun one. Uh -huh. It was really a beautiful theater. Gorgeous. Cool. Very it cool. used to be a, a theater where they would hold magic shows. Uh -huh. And then now it's like they've got really big bands um, that cool. play there. And they just have this wonderful children's series. I think they just recently had the Imagination Movers. And oh, cool. Yeah, nice. great venue. Nice. So what's a Joni Leeds concert like? I mean, I've seen one, so I know, but I would love to hear in your <laughs> words. Oh, just a lot of high energy, a lot of dancing, um, interactive songs. We always do our freeze dance because that is quite the crowd pleaser. We try to we pin the adults and kids against each other because uh -huh. we find that hilarious. So we try to see like <laughs> who are the best freezers. Uh -huh. That's a song off of my first album. But there's like certain ones that just those interactive tunes that work. You know, uh -huh. like you know if the energy starts to get low or if you sing a ballad, like oh it's freeze dance time. So that's uh -huh. always in there. Um, you know, we try to tell stories when we do our concerts. Uh -huh. So um, if I sing a song from the new album, for example, there's a song um, <laughs> called Rainbow Bagels from Out of Space, <laughs> which sounds obviously, funny, but obviously. obviously. Uh -huh. But um, the Rainbow Bagels became a sensation in our neighborhood uh -huh. um, because um, there's this publicist who is the publicist, I don't remember his name, Jonathan or something he, he's kim kardashian's old publicist okay. and he he talked about these rainbow bagels and then all of a sudden it became like a thing and then the today show was there and then you can't even get in the door and like this is the bagel shop where it was a total neighborhood spot where like everybody would be hanging out there and and now it's like buses are dropping tourists oh, off crazy. like yeah with the rose they're holding the rose in the air like with a microphone follow me this is the bagel store and i'm like oh this is where i would stand in line when i was pregnant every day and like <laughs> talk to the shop owner and i can't even get in there anymore because the oh, rainbow bagels wow so Life changes huh yeah That's so crazy. i tell i tell stories just introducing all of the different songs and i i try to get everybody up uh -huh. dancing uh -huh. singing along i'll try to teach them choruses so they can sing it and yeah 
it's funny because people will say, okay, what song is this one on? Or we really like that song. So they could buy the CD at the end. And it's like, at this point, there's eight. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so you're going to have to buy all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope that's okay. Yeah. That's just part of the part of making the, the investment in, in Joni Leeds. Um, that's, <laughs> right. that's great. Um, so w- tell me a little bit about the, the, some of the, your favorite songs on the new record. I mean, obviously Rainbow Bagels is going to be a major hit. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like uh-huh. a crazy punk song. Um, well, I, I, my favorite one I think is "Fairy Nice," which uh-huh. is the the front the first song on the album. Um, I'm about to release a music video for it. Very cool. And it's um, it's just about taking the Long Island. I'm sorry, not the Long Island, the East River Ferry, and it's uh, it goes between. The East River goes between Manhattan and Brooklyn. So you you see, as you're on the ferry, you're going under all of the bridges, which are so cool when you're underneath them. And you can see Brooklyn on one side and all of lower Manhattan on your other side. And it's just this really great way to see the city. And it takes you down to Brooklyn Bridge Park, and you can go on the carousel and get pizza and ice cream. And it's just it's such a nice thing to do, especially when the weather is a day like today when it's sunny. I'm sure uh-huh. everybody's out on the ferry right now. Uh-huh. And it's also a commuting ferry. I mean, people use it to commute. So that's what that song is about. And then I wrote, um, let's see, Brooklyn Baby is the title track. And I wrote that one about my daughter. She's coming up on two years old this summer. And it's basically... Um, it's talking about this tree that is in uh, lower Manhattan, I'm sorry, lower Brooklyn. It's um, maybe a 15 or 20 minute drive from where I live, but it's one of the oldest trees in the whole city. And it's actually got landmark status. Wow. It's a, a Magnolia, Glandiflora, Grandiflora Magnolia tree. Cool. Um, and I did some research on it cause I like to, to know what I'm writing about. Sure. And um, there was a gardener, um, named Hattie, who actually made sure that people take care of it. And it's, you know, it's gorgeous. And I had this thought about my daughter growing up and, and how trees get bigger and they, they have birthdays just like we do. I, you know, I love nature and the environment. So, um, it's kind of a, a little story about my daughter getting bigger and the tree and kind of linking the two things together. Um, I wrote a song called Shana Punam, which means sweet face in Yiddish. Uh-huh. I grew up, my grandparents spoke a lot of Yiddish. They still do. And um, and so I heard a lot of these phrases growing up. But in my neighborhood, if you walk about 10 blocks south, you, you go into Hasidic Williamsburg, which is like a whole nother world. Um, and they speak Yiddish. And so I think a lot of these phrases have become extremely popular, not just you know, amongst the Hasids or the Jewish people, it's like people talk about, um, everything and they use these, use, they use these, um, Yiddish phrases, just like it's common knowledge amongst everybody in Brooklyn and New York. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm going to schlep this around or I'm (laughs) schwitzing or, you know, everybody uses these things. And actually there's a sign on the, on the, um, on, I think it's the bridge where it says, Oy vey, you're leaving Brooklyn. I mean, this is like a street sign. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah. The, nice to be able to, like, you know, uh, having a, sh- a song like Shayna Putnam isn't just, like, 
you know, saying like, oh, you know, my, my daughter's cute and she's got a cute, you know, she's got just a delicious face or whatever. But like having like that real backstory to it, not just like, you know, 10 blocks from me is, is so, you know, like Hasidic area of town, but also like that it, you know, for your family, like the link, like your grandparents spoke Yiddish, like it comes from a real, a real live place. And I think that that's, that's really, really cool. Really cool. Yeah, thank you. I, I try to um, to put my grandparents in a lot of songs. I, I did a song called Family Tree because my grandmother does um, Jewish genealogy research and she traced our our family tree back for generations and generations. That's on a previous CD. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she actually found like a ton of our family that was lost or we thought that they were lost and they're oh, wow. all living in France. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and they actually like came to America for my brother's bar mitzvah. We've been, you know, we've gotten wow. to know them over the decades. It's like, so um, yeah, it's an homage to to my grandparents. I think it's special to honor them. And nice. So nice. yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. So lots. Lot, I mean, you know, like one of the great things that you do is you can balance this, you know introspective serious like thinking about life with the daughter and then rainbow bagels and like that's a, <laughs> that's a really cool thing to be able to do uh artistically um so how can we find you and follow you and all all the things because you know we got to know where to find Joni all the things uh-huh. well i'm on uh i'm on the interweb uh-huh. my my website is just joni leads dot com j o a n i e l e e d s and i'm on the facebook and twitter and instagram everything is backslash joni leads at joni leads um my personal facebook is joni leads but i also have a joni leads in the nightlights page which uh-huh. is more music focused so Ooh. you can find me there great so we will we will look you up and uh the new record comes out may 19th i believe 2017 yes so yes yeah very really exciting brooklyn baby um looking forward to it and Joni, i i know that you and i both have to go eat lots of matzah so um (laughs) we'll 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 let you go and thank you so much for your time thank you so much it was really nice chatting with you you too Thanks again to Joni for spending some time talking with me, which for for some people is on a pretty busy day of the year. Did that make sense? We talked on a busy day. Yeah, it was just a busy day. Also, what you didn't hear is that my three-year-old daughter kept coming into the room and Joni was an exceptionally good sport about that because my three-year-old likes me when it's time for me to leave after dropping her off at preschool and when I'm trying to interview someone for the podcast, which are two nice times, I say sarcastically, for her to like really be attached. Anyhow, it is kind of sweet. I mean, I can't, I can't lie. Like, you got to take that love when you can get that love. Am I right? I think I'm right. Anyway, check out Joni's new record. It's called Brooklyn Baby. It'll be out on Friday. You can probably find it in all of the places where you would usually find your music. Uh, Joni is great, and let's support her. For anything and everything you need to know, just go to goodstuffpod.com. Drop me a line, mike at goodstuffpod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you very soon. Here is Joni's song, Shana Punham, from her brand new album, Brooklyn Baby. I know 
It takes a lot of chutzpah to live in a city like this. I know, I know, all day. Schlepping all the groceries will surely make you schwitz. But shame upon them, rest your cap behind my shoulder. I'm full of naches, I'll verklempt your growing older.